Hi. Hey. Hey. Hey, how are you? Good. Good to see you in, in the, looks like you're in a screening room. <laughs> I am in my literal bedroom closet. I can still hang clothes, as you can see. Oh, oh my God, that's um, awesome. I bought uh, a sound foam from some random dude on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, He's like, yeah, I just, that, my basement uh, doesn't need it anymore. I got <laughs> likely, it was like, like, likely story, likely story. It was so creepy. Actually, I don't know if you started recording, but I could talk about it on the. Oh, I'm recording. We go. We're we're. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're like you're like here we are. Um, I literally was like hit up this guy on Craigslist who was like, yeah, I've got really great prices on sound foam, like any color, any style, and so and he's selling it out of his house. So like an idiot, I go to his house, and he's like, it's in my back garage, and I'm like, okay, and I go back there, and he does indeed have like a garage studio and there's like stacks and stacks of sound phone. But then he's like, Oh, I have my own soundproof room. If you want to come in here and check it out. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, this is how I die. This is how I get murdered. Yeah, obviously, like oh this guy's gosh. just invited me into a completely soundproof room. <laughs> you've either never, you know seen, crazy, you've never seen silence of the lambs or Pulp Fiction. <laughs> like if you're seeing either of those two movies, you definitely are not following the guy into his I, private room. Yeah, I was just such a. Did you like, feel that there was like this thing during the pandemic that we were just like, kind of like, yeah, like I need it now. I'm just gonna grab it. I'm yes. very trusting. Yes, it was like and this. We were like, we we're like, oh, we're all into this together. Like nobody's gonna, you know, kidnap me and put me in a <laughs> silent room for the rest of my life. I was like, you know, and we were both masked. Up. You're, and you're right. This was like peak pandemic, and I was like, we were both masked up and stuff. And I was like. What's he, you know, I'm Asian. Like he, like I could, I could have it. I could totally give it to you right now. <laughs> Come on. This is when, this is like at the beginning when everyone who, you know, everyone who was Asian was like sus- suspect, like, oh God. Oh she, yeah. Did she just come back from China? Like, does, does she have it? And, um, I know. She's got the Kung flu. Yeah, oh, exactly. Exactly. Flu. Plus, like, in retrospect, I do feel like, God, that was such an idiot thing for me to do. I just followed this random stranger into his, like, soundproof garage. <laughs> but I really believe in following, trusting your instincts. Um, I really believe in that stuff. And so, like, I just didn't get, like, there was no hackles up about this guy. Like, I my instinct, like, sure. there was no red flag feeling about this guy. Um, well, there you know had definitely been... You know what yeah. they say about the best serial killers is they don't have red flags. Oh, <laughs> okay. I did not know that. <laughs> you, don't, you don't walk into a serial killer's garage that's all uh, styrofoam, not styrofoam, uh, soundproofed up and his hacksaws and chains and bloody <laughs> utensils are sitting on the floor for all to see. He'd be the worst serial killer in the history of Oh my that. God. Could you imagine, Greg, her newest special would have to be like in memoriam of Helen Hong as well. Helen Hong. We can't find her. <laughs> Nobody has seen her since August of 2021. If but you we, have any information, <laughs> please call we, this hotline. We paid for the special, so we're putting it out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hopefully, the fact that she's dead will pump up the numbers. <laughs> well, we've done we're like we just got like Ali Wong and like Joel Kim Booster and a couple other Asian comics just to do your bits, and it would be like in this memoriam of you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my 
even worse. <laughs> they call up like Steve Byrne and they're like, hey, would you do a couple of Helen Hong's jokes? Because you're Asian. <laughs> just, like, just Asian comics, Asian female comics being like, I'm going to take this one for mine now. That's my joke now. <laughs> oh my God. They call up Margaret Cho. They're like, hey, would you mind doing it a memo- in memoriam? Just do a couple of Helen's jokes. She'd be like, what? What are you talking about? Brian's sitting there Is like, Helen okay? Yeah, yeah, she's fine. We're just the new special that we're going to try out. <laughs> Never to be heard from again. It was Brian's master plan. Brian's master plan in his, in his oh office full of wow. toys is scheming. Yeah. Helen, congratulations Thank on you. the special. Thank you. I mean, you're on the run, so you're doing you're doing the press and everything like that for it. But yeah. you're everywhere. Thank you're you. Everywhere. Yeah, it's my goal. It's my goal to be like, to be like, you can't escape me. Like <laughs> it's my goal for for all the people who are my haters. I don't have any haters, but if I did have haters to be like, oh, that bitch is on the <laughs> is, is on the bar TV. <laughs> you know it's funny i just i literally like an hour ago i was talking to john i'm like helen's in that commercial with animal from the muppets right and he's yes. like yeah and then not 10 minutes later it came on again it's, it's yes on, like, i i hope you're i love it on that plays because i'm like oh my God. like that first of all that's got to be cool how did that commercial shoot go like that was by the way that was like the most starstruck i have ever been and i've been like around some pretty famous people on sets and stuff for a like, muppet? Literally for a muppet. i was like oh my god oh oh, oh my god can, can he see me oh my god oh my god i was freaking out and like it's so crazy because it's there's three handlers the, for the Muppet and so there's like a dude with his hand literally up his bottom and then there's another dude with like sticks that are controlling his arms and his legs and his eye- eyes right. and stuff and then there's a whole nother person that's his stylist like this guy <laughs> Animal has a sty- Muppets have stylists did you know that? No. I did not no. know that yes I, I was I was that day years old when I found out that Muppets have stylists. And so there was this person who was like, make sure like his accessories were just right. And like his clothes, his outfit and like his hair was falling a certain way. It's like, oh my God. But, and so I was like, oh, this is just going to be like three people like, and this piece of cloth. But no, he seems so real because like they're doing the movement and like one of the guys is doing his voice. And so he just, seems alive like he's sitting next to me and he seems alive and i could see the dudes like working him but he just seems alive and i was like oh my god and at one point between takes i was just kind of starstruckedly looking at him and he looked right at me and he goes pretty and i was like oh Oh my god i'm dead animal just said i was pretty oh god like i I was so like, oh, oh my, I was freaking out. Literally, like it was, it made my month. It made my life. So when, when you're shooting that commercial, right. And obviously there, you know, you're doing, going through all the takes when it's not, when it's not, you know, being recorded is the person that's in the animal costume talking to you. And if they're talking to you, are they talking to you in the animal voice? Um, he, 
Yeah, they he was pretty good in keeping in character. The only time he like he, it takes a lot like those people make every they earn every penny because this guy like I we shot a scene like at a kitchen table and so what this guy has to do is lie kind of like like he, this guy has amazing core strength. He's like holding himself up in not a flat position underneath the table with his arms stretched up with animal like and he's just like working him while in this really awkward half lying down position and so the only time he would talk to me in his regular voice he'd be like i'm sorry could you move your chair in a little bit so i can fit in like you know what i mean like could you twist the table or something but then once it started rolling he was like he was animal and i was like oh shit like this is he's like And he's drumming and he's got the eyes going. It was so crazy. And they really bring him to life. It's really astounding. Because I was there. Like, I'm, I'm sitting right next yeah. to him. And I can see that he's like a two feet tall, just a piece of cloth. But, man, they get him going. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's real. He's real. <laughs> it's crazy. I hear these stories. I went to actually, I went to uh, the production set of Sesame Street. And <gasps> they kind of are like that uh, with children as well. Yeah. But that's what they do with them. And it's like they become the actors and the characters and they're, they're always kind of yes. in, in character because yeah. it makes you, because one as, as probably as an actress, it probably makes you comfortable. They're like, yes. oh, I'm not just talking to a puppet. I'm talking to an actual person. So it makes you like 100%. everything. That's amazing. I, 100%. I, I, love that. I mean, it's I was really, really like, he was really performing. Like it was crazy. It's so crazy to see like how much they bring him to life. But Animal the Muppet was like legit performing with me. And so I was, like you said, John, like I had something to react to. I had something to bounce off of. I would quip something and he would quip something back. It was so cool. I mean, legit, I was, it was the most starstruck I've ever been. <laughs> can you imagine, like, if, you were, ah, can you imagine ah. if you were like on an edible or something and you're sitting there trying to <laughs> lines with animal? Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> oh my gosh. If I had been high, I maybe would have tried to make out with him. <laughs> like, and then it would have been awkward. <laughs> I want to see the bloopers in the ed- unedited version. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, nice. You're like I'm more than food, I guess, huh? They are food. Eat drums, eat cymbals. <laughs> How symbolic. <laughs> Bad pun. Then I've got like a Helen Hong's HBO version of it. <laughs> I'm like, I've got a restraining is- order against me, like from a Muppet. You know, there's a really deep cut. She Helen- was bad to me. She touched me and not him. Uh, that's a terrible impression. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the you porn deep cut. Yeah, like legit. You- I legit, I would have been like, is there junk in there under those pants? Come on, let's check it out. Let's check it out. Like, yeah. If I had been high, I would have been wildly inappropriate. So it's good that I was so <laughs> Can you show me on the doll where they bring in an actual Muppet? Like literally bring that's it in. That's so meta. That's so meta. Like animal it's is so touching a doll that's touching a doll that's touching a doll. Like, show me on the doll. <laughs> <laughs> and it would, it would be just great if his lawyer was like a Muppet as well. Beaker. Beaker's lawyer. Oh, Beaker. my God. Sorry. It's like, it's like move over, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Here comes Helen Hong and a Muppet. 
<laughs> the dry that dispensary. would be a great robot kitchen, a uh, robot chicken sketch, by the way. <laughs> it's like she said, it said. <laughs> she said, Muppet said. Those are some new pronouns that have to go on the, uh, the Twitter. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what, oh, my God. Uh, I don't know where we go from here, but this. this <laughs> where do you go from Muppet? I mean, I don't want to- where do you go from Muppet molestation? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> I love how the alliteration on that sounds so great. <laughs> well, for what I'm going to go on you point. I'm going on Pornhub right now to see Muppet <laughs> molestation. And people are like, what happened to Helen Hong's career? Oh, didn't you hear? You got me too oh, by yeah. a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> she got me too. Miss Piggy coming out doing a press conference. You're like, I thought it was bad with Harvey Weinstein. But then Helen came along. <laughs> I'm sorry, Craig. I'm, oh, no, I'm no. just building this Fine. whole thing it, in my it, head. This will be the last podcast that Brian actually lets anybody <laughs> come on, but it's fine. <laughs> We're going to go out with a bang for sure. Anyway, back to the special. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> yeah, none of none of this, none of no molestation is on the special. No it's, Muppets were molested as part of the special. <laughs> it, it's really good, and you know, I, oh, thank you, you know, I'm, I'm thank curious, you. Like when you when you first come out, you you actually say that it's the first time you were on stage in over a year. Is that actually yes, true? That is absolutely true. It was. It's so crazy because. Um, I taped it as part of the Tribeca Festival, uh, which used to be the Tribeca Film Festival, but now they're trying to branch out to do more cultural, like, you know, comedy and dance and art and stuff. So now they're just the Tribeca Festival. And um, they were filming these specials in conjunction with the festival. And it was like that festival was like it was announced as the way that New York City was going to open back up after lockdown. Right. And that was so that was like the first like publicly sanctioned um event where it was like we were past the peak of the pandemic at the time and new york city was going to open back up and allow you know public gatherings as long as you could show your vax card and you were masked and stuff they were allowing public so literally this is the first time anybody had just gathered in a year and so I, the only stand-up I had been doing up to that moment was over Zoom. You know, we, you know, at the time you remember, like people were doing Zoom shows, and some people were being doing outdoor shows. But even then, this was June of 2021. Even outdoor shows were like scary. Like people didn't know exactly how you could get it or how transmissible COVID was. And so it was mostly Zoom shows. I had only done Zoom comedy shows for a year, and so this was literally the taping my special was the first time I had physically been on stage in a year and I'm like that's why I opened by saying like this could be a miracle or a flaming shit show because like I don't even know I'm, this is me getting back on the bicycle, literally, and it might be a little wobbly. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, there's, there's two bits that that you did almost back to back in this show that I I very much relate to. One of them is I have a friend that is one of those doomsday people. 
Yes. Right. And in the back of their house in Studio City has a shed. They, they don't have a bunker. They have a shed that mm-hmm. they were stockpiling for years. And oh. they, I mean, so much stuff in there. You would, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what in the hell are you doing oh. with this much canned food and toilet paper and bottled water? Now like, you you're know. Crazy. And then this shit happens. And in April of 2020, my friend Victoria was the king of the mountain of toilet paper. Yep. hundred percent. She had all of the toilet paper in Studio City in her <laughs> doomsday bunker. And she was sitting on it with a machine gun. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to be friends with her. She sounds amazing. I need to know her. She has since moved to Las Vegas, where I guess that's where all the doomsday people took themselves during pandemic. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, my God, that is so true. Like, it's like those were the people that were the envy of the neighborhood at the time when they were the joke. Totally. I mean, that's that. It really shifted my perspective about doomsday preppers. Like, oh, the whole time I was like, these freaking weirdos. And then (laughs) and then and then the great TP shortage happened. And I was like, no, I need to date one of those freaking weirdos. I need to live. (laughs) It it's i don't know it was crazy i'm like oh my god i'm not the only i will sell my body for canned beans anybody (laughs) anybody (laughs) i will i will let you grab my boob for like half a cup of rice anyone anyone who's got uncle ben's in the thing come on helen the rice thing we had to go to the rice thing (laughs) hey man it lasts Right. I get it. I get it. The rice is the first thing you want to stockpile in the pandemic. Asians aren't stupid. I was walking out of a, a Filipino store with two bags of rice. I'm all, telling on, you. On and she was like, she's like, get it, get it, get it. I was like, it's $45 a pop. And I'm like, unbelievable. Hey, you can never go wrong. You can never have too much. Seriously, like I grew up in a Korean household where we would literally buy like rice by the freaking acre, (laughs) (laughs) like those giant. I don't even know what the weight measurement, but it's like uh, uh, like two head, like probably 50 pound bags, 50 pound bags of rice. And because, you know, we we ate rice every day. And so we went through rice. And so every Asian household would buy rice by the 50 pound bag. And then and then comes like the great like we're all going to die in apocalypse. And all the Asians are like, ha ha, motherfucking ha. (laughs) (laughs) We got that rice. We already got it, bitch. Helen, did you when you go to an Asian rest or an Asian food market, do you tap tap the rice uh, stacks? To make sure that they're they're good, you have to. It's it's almost like uh you know baseball players like they you know they have they do the special hand signs or whatever where they like they took they touch a special rock or they touch a they like gotta kiss the poster on the wall of whoever yeah. <laughs> Rodriguez or whoever right and then it's it's the same with Asians in a grocery store it's like I'm patting the rice I'm patting it. And you got to do it right, John, in a way like as you're patting a nice, juicy ass, like, yeah. (laughs) You cup it. You got to cup it. Got to cup it a little. Got to get that nice ass sound, like patting an ass sound, like, mmm. Yeah, that's the good Yeah. Mmm. Mm. Thank it. Speaking my language, John. How do you pat? How do you, John, how do you pat the the rice? What's your what's what's your rice patting technique? I, I you know what I I look for a nice flat. I, I do a massage. You know, like sometimes <laughs> when they're loaded, I'll make sure it's nice and flat, and then I 
clump it up, you know what I mean? And I make it call me daddy. <laughs> Listen, I do I, the opposite, John, where I, I pat first and then I rub it. It's like I, I, <laughs> I smack it and then I give it a nice like caress at the I, end. On the I back cannot end, like, wait yeah. till I go back to my Asian market because I, I never <laughs> took notice of what's going on in the rice aisle. But now yeah. I literally just stand there and now when you rocks off. Yeah, you when now when you pat the rice, like the owner will come over and just give you a look, like, "Yeah, bro, you're one of us." Yeah, you're one. Or of he us. might be like, "Don't touch that. That's not for you. <laughs> you have enough, white man. Go over to the bread aisle or something." Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll Hands you, off my rice. So I'll tell you a funny story. I go to this one particular Asian market to buy just whatever you know, noodles and all kinds of stuff. Um, <laughs> And I walk in one day and I'm just walking around and, you know, the owner. What know, now? Do you know what do you know what ethnicity the owners are like? No, what I don't. I, oh, you piece of garbage. I, <laughs> um, I, I think it's probably Chinese, but I'm not I, I'm not 100 percent sure. What part what of town mean? is it? It's in in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Oh, in, geez, I don't even know. It could be anything. Yeah. No, yeah. I think I. You know, I'll I'll try to f- somehow not feel. Yeah, go up to the owner, and be like, "What kind of Asian are you?" But you know, so I typically buy a lot of this because my my kids love ramen, so I get them tons of like these weird ramens mm-hmm. and stuff. And I I'm in the store, just looking around. He walks up to me in you know broken English and hands me a box of tea and and just hands it to me and goes, "Take this, you go boom boom, very big, <laughs> <laughs> right." <laughs> What? And, and he I, took I, one. He took one look at you and said, and "That guy's backed up. That I'm guy like, I, hasn't I'm, shit in weeks." I literally, I'm like, "What?" I, I'm like, I understand. Like, you have the face of constipation, Greg. Greg, your face is just constipated, and like, to the point where like the Asian uncles are like, "That guy needs to shit." I, I guess. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I took it. I did. I bought it. And, and you boom boomed. Uh, oh my God! It. It is intense. It's intense. And I gave it to a friend of mine, a comic who was having some internal issues. And I'm like, go buy this tea and you you go boom, boom very well. (laughs) She bought it and she did. And she's like, it's a miracle. (gasps) Wow. Now I don't drink that tea because I can't be without, you know, if I'm 20 or 50 feet away from a a toilet, it's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't take yeah, it. I, I mean, don't. can I get the name of this tea for some of my twinks that I hang out with? Yeah, that's a possibility. <laughs> I still have it. I'll give it to you. It's fine. You can have it. I'm not touching it. Yeah, twinks need to clear out. They need to. They need to evacuate. Oh my god. So the other the other one thing in your special that really I think is hysterical, and I I only thought that I might have done this, but then that's kind of naive of me. That I have a I have a friend almost only because he's a doctor and can prescribe me stuff that my doctor <laughs> won't, <laughs> right? But he the the funny part is he's an ophthalmologist. No, right? so I have my ophthalmologist occasionally like calling in prescriptions for me that no ophthalmologist in America probably calls prescriptions in for. But he's you know he can you know this, he can't you know he can't do like Xanax and stuff. But there's other stuff that he can. And I'm like, hey, can you do me a favor? I'm out of this. Can you please call it in? And he like laughs. Why does why is this 
this why is this eye doctor prescribing morphine? What is happening? <laughs> like, what, what is going on? I don't understand. That's What's with this stuff. eye doctor and the Prozac? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'll tell you, the, the best thing he ever did for me, and I think they've now since banned this practice, but when I went to Disney World with my kids a long time ago, like 10 years ago, I had him write me a, a note saying that I he's treating me for severe migraine headaches and I'm not allowed to stand for long periods of time or in direct Oh my light. God, you evil man. <laughs> you shit. evil, you evil man. Shit. I you see where lying, this is going. You lying, cheating. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you Bastard. something. I'll tell you the truth. When I first got this pass, it allowed me and up to four guests to <gasps> not stand in line at Disney World. Right. What? So Garbage. I the first day I couldn't have been more embarrassed. I'm like going to the front of the line with my kids and my wife and we're like not waiting in line for any rides, like five minutes at max. And I felt terrible. And then by the end of the day, I'm walking out of those rides like a champion. I'm like, fuck you guys. You don't have an ophthalmologist as a friend. It's your own fault. <laughs> mind you, mind you, Greg is passing children from Make-A-Wish and families that have been scraping and saving for the last six years. John is literally passing people in wheelchairs being like, suck it, suckers. Yeah. He's like, you got cancer? I got an eye problem. <laughs> I got a disgust. You're disgusting, Greg, and I need to know this guy's number, please. <laughs> you know what? I wish, I wish that my friends were more pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that my I wish that my friends were like just moral less ethicless ethicless is that a word people who were just shady assholes who would prescribe me medication left and right but apparently my doctor friends have scruples and ethics well, and morals and I'm my, like you guys are assholes you have the ability yeah. to write me all these scripts and you don't because of some sort of morality oh god <laughs> so my friend who wrote who writes me these he listens to the podcast and I'm pretty sure after he listens to this one he's going to go out on some of the boards and start making up shit that he's prescribed to me but it'll make for good, it'll make for good fun i just want to say in advance most of it won't be true <laughs> but some of yeah, it will and you'll never so, know it's so crazy like the people like the uh, the opioid crisis really fucked it up for us casual drug users <laughs> of course yeah yeah yeah. I mean, God, why do y'all have to like get get all up in, like on the opioids and just fucking up and die? Because now us casual uh, casual drug users trying to get a, a, like a like a twelve pack of Xanax for a like a like just to get through the week are fucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, somebody who was using Xanax just to like pop. Like, if I was taking a red eye, you'd pop one on the flight. And exactly. Pass the fuck out. Oh, so or, nice. A nice, oh, a nice rainy Sunday when it's like mm. you're just coming down. You got a nice bottle of wine and oh, mm. oh, oh I get one of those painkillers. Just listen to fucking jazz music. Oh my god! I mean, I wish the that best. was the case, but like, I legit cannot sleep. Like, I am a terrible sleeper, and I legit. Really? Like, nowadays, what I have to do is I have to take an edible every single night, and wow. those no. things are, yeah, and those things are expensive. Like. You know, in California, I mean, thank God they're legal now so I can get them regularly. But like 
the edibles are really expensive. They're, they come in a 10 pack and they're 20 bucks. So essentially that means it's $20 per, no, $2 per edible. And I have to take one every, at least one every single night to fall asleep. Whereas a Xanax generic with my insurance, I could get that for like two bucks a month. Yeah. If my doctor would actually give me fucking some. <laughs> you should, you should try. Well, yeah. I have some and I can send them to you. Oh, like, please. Okay, I will send. I I actually only use Xanax, and I, this is this is kind of fucked up. But most most of our, our listeners, I got Xanax prescription because I told my doctor that I had like which I do, but I actually just use it to come down from coke. That's what I use it. For. Oh, that's it's the most noble. Yeah. It's the most noble cause <laughs> and the, the most dangerous. Most, noble yet the most dangerous. Noble reason to take Xanax is to come down off of coke. Yes, mm, beautiful. Yeah, I was going to I was going to su- suggest put that on things. a fucking pillow. Put that put that on a pillow. Put that on a sign. Sell it at Home Goods. Boom, Xanax. <laughs> I think you know they do. The most There's, noble use. Have you seen the sign? I actually I saw the sign online, or maybe it was at Home Goods. I don't know. That's that was like they were selling like a picture frame that said, "Please don't do coke in our bathroom." <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes. I, I I never follow that. To be honest. I, <laughs> you you use the sign to do bumps yeah, off. That, of. You do that, you do lines <laughs> off of that sign. You know that that's, that's a sign. Like, I mean. That sign used to That's be like when I walk my dog, <laughs> when I walk my dog and I see like, you know, people will have like here around LA, like people will have these beautiful lawns and I'll have a sign that says, you know, they'll have a like curb your dog, curb your dog or like, please be respectful. And it's like a picture of a dog shitting. Those are exactly the lawns that my dog and I purposely try to shit on <laughs> because like, fuck you, dude, we're, we're outside. Yeah. My dog shouldn't here. There's grass. You have perfectly nice grass. My dog is shitting on it. Like, yeah. if you Get want a fence, me to shit you on fucking... your... Yeah, exactly. If you want me to shit on your lawn, put up a no shitting here sign. If you want me to do co- lo- coke in your bathroom, put up a don't do coke here sign. That's what's happening. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Helen, I gotta. I want to change gears a little bit. Um, it was just AAPI month, and happy AAPI month to Thank you as well. Thank you. Thank um, you. We have a whole month. A whole month. We do. We have a whole month, 31 days just for us. <laughs> and it's right before. Um, there's been a, it, it's, it's been awesome to see people like seeing you in a nationwide commercial was amazing to see. Thank That's you. representation off the bat. Thank seeing you. you and your whole career in general um, being, you know, uh, you know, comedy and Asians necessarily, you know, weren't a thing you know, 10, 20 years ago, but you've been in the game and they've been doing it and killing it. And yeah. it's awesome to kind of speak with you and, and kind of see that representation. I came in the comedy only five years ago. And I remember all the comedians off the top of my head were all white, but you know, I had like those, I had you, I had Joe Coy, I had, you know, Margaret Cho. It yeah. was like you guys. And now we're coming at this, this kind of, uh, this Renaissance where we get crazy rich Asians. We've got, totally. you know, Ronnie's been killing it. And you're killing it with, uh, with with being on television and and having more representation. Thank Does you. it feel good? Is do you feel that there's yes. that we've reached a great point? Um, I I feel like there's still a ton of work to be done for sure. Like after Crazy Rich Asians, it felt like Asians had really been commodified. Where it's like Hollywood was like, oh, Asians sell now. 
<laughs> Crazy Rich Asian showed us that Asians sell now. So let's try to get some eight more Asian people on. So that part kind of felt icky a little bit, but I guess that's Hollywood's a business. So that's just how it works. Um, and then, so like it was a great moment where like a lot of things were getting greenlit and Hollywood shows and movies and a lot of things were getting greenlit. And then like the season, you know, one year after that, it's like, nope, Asians are out now. Asians were in for a minute and now Asians are back out. But then I think after Squid Game, you know, ever since like Ali Wong and Ronnie Chang and Squid Game came out, now it's like, no, we're part of the, we're not just a moment. We're not just like a flash in the pan, like, oh, Asians are trendy because of crazy rich Asians. Like now we've consistently <laughs> proved with Squid Game, with BTS, with K-pop and K-dramas and Ronnie and Ali and, you know, Margaret's still in the game and this, you know, the new um, Aquafina uh, show. Fire. Yeah, the Aquafina show, the Fire Island movie that just came out on Hulu. Like now it's like, yeah, we're here to stay. Like now I feel like, right. yeah, it's feeling like it's not just a moment. Now it's feeling like, okay, it's a movement. Like we're here to stay and we've proven how popular. Like Squid Game, I felt like that was such a pivotal moment because first of all, that shows in subtitles. And so, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, for years people were like, oh, people don't watch shit with subtitles. But it's like, oh, no, everybody watched Squid Game and it was universal and it was so hugely popular. And it's all anybody could talk about. And now it's like, yeah. all right, you know, we're here. We're here, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. I started using subtitles even on American show and on, like English shows just because the crunching of my Doritos <laughs> sound from it. Sorry. I'm sorry. I can't, so I, hear the, I can't hear the dialogue over the over the chomping in my head. <laughs> Talk about first world problems that we have. And, and you know, Helen, you mentioned... You mentioned something about um, uh, about the new Hulu uh, movie that just came out, the Fire Island, which is yeah. Hulk and Booster and yep. Bowen Yang. Yep. And here's the thing: you are a female in our industry, and I got a tweet. A tweet came through last night that ruined my day. Oh no! And there's a there's a there's a writer. Her name is, and I want to just get your thoughts on it. Her yeah. name is Hannah Rosen. She okay. is a writer. She wrote a great uh, piece called that, um, uh, the, the, the End of Man. And it was very female forward. It was excellent. It was an excellent okay. article that was written a couple of years ago. But she wrote this tweet yesterday. She said, so at Hulu, hashtag Fire Island movie, gets an F minus on the Bell scale test in a whole new way. Do we just ignore the drab lesbian stereotypes because cute Asian boys, question mark? Is this revenge for all those years of the gay boy best friend? And she got piled mm, on, obviously. Yeah. But I, what I yeah, want to ask you as a female, but as a female, and yes, I saw the movie. And did I get hard during most of it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> was your dick out? Were there Dorito crumbs on your dick? <laughs> you eating Doritos with your dick out. I mean, yes. I yes, there were. I've known I've known Joel and uh, Joel and um, uh, for a long time, and uh, you know, I, 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 I it was when seeing him, I was just like, God damn, you are so fucking hot. Um, but so, but I mean, as a female, those, he's got the 
just can we just talk about his cum gutters for a second? Oh my there. god! Stop! 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 Yes. Oh my god! Hello. I'm at the office yes. right now. I can't. I can't. I can't do this. I can't Greg, do, do this right Greg, now. Greg, Greg, do you know about the cum gutters? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, I, I'm dying to know. <laughs> Get into it, Greg. Okay, it's when you see a smoking hot guy who's just carved out. Like this guy lives at the fucking gym. And it's like where his torso meets his legs. Oh, yeah. There's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, in the gay community, they're called cum gutters. Oh, shit. Try to figure that out. In the straight straight community, we we call those guys who are pointing to their dick. (laughs) Mm, I mean, it is. And we also call them assholes. We call them assholes (laughs) and douchebags. Show up. God. And fuck ones. We have a lot of yeah. Most of those guys in the in the straight community that have those wear Axe body spray. Yes. And exactly. and, and and snort Adderall. Yeah, we get it. We get yeah. it. They're, yes. they're the they you see them a lot in the like of the Aqua Dejo commercials. There's always oh, like yeah. prominent yeah, yeah. prominent featuring of the cum gutters. Um, yes, but anybody, yeah, anybody who's got them like will wear their underwear like or their p- pants like really low, so you can see like the carved out fucking. Yeah. Did you ever mm. see cra- crazy um, uh, that movie with Steve Carell and? Um, uh, it was like crazy rich love. Uh, crazy. Oh yeah, I want. Um, I know what you're is talking it, about. Is uh, it crazy stupid love yes, or something? Crazy, crazy stupid yes. Love. Yes. Okay. I Ryan Gosling's it. little V shape. Oh I have not. God. I haven't seen it. So tell me what. Tell me why this is related to cum gutters. No, this isn't ruining. I want to tell. I want to have Greg tell you about cum gutters because oh, this right. is going to even. No. Be so there's this, there's a scene in the movie where she goes home with Ryan Gosling, the, the girl. Wait, who's she? Is it Emma? Emma? Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Emma, Emma. Emma Stone. Okay. So she goes home okay. with him. And she, they're in his apartment and they're standing and she goes, take off your shirt. So he takes off her shirt. He takes off his shirt and she looks at him and she just goes, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and simultaneously, every guy who was stuck watching that movie said the exact same thing. Yes. The exact yes. Same time. There's, a, there's also another line she says. She goes, are you photoshopped? Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> You photoshopped. <laughs> but I will say this, like, I mean, like, it, it's, it's, I, I've said that we, yeah, there's, there's a lot, but I will, it's back to the situation. I will say <laughs> that it was amazing seeing Bowen and Joel, you know, yeah. people that, that, you know, were in the New York scene grinding. Yeah. Do you know what yep. I mean? I literally used to book Joel on shows and there's a story that I won't mention names, but Joel came to the club and had a conversation, this was four years, had a conversation with another gay comedian and he reintroduced himself, even though they've met like five different times. And Joel tweeted about it and is like, I just, uh, just ran into a comic that I love and respect. And I've met him a couple of times. He just reintroduced himself to me, <laughs> devastated. Aww. And then now, um, and I, I hope people don't take this. I hope people don't like connect the dots, but so that comic was on Colbert doing standup last night. Joel was on the couch talking to Colbert. So there was that amazing feeling of like that coming full circle. But Helen, as a, as a female comedian and a female actress, uh, actor in, 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 in the industry, is it okay to have these movies like this? 
A hundred percent. I I think that um, there should be something that speaks to everyone. And the fact that that um, that tweet, th the reason why that tweet is obnoxious is she's like, hey, why can't you know, why do these gay boys have a thing that I can't be part of? I, I, that's what I assume she's saying. She's like, I'm a lesbian and I'm pissed off that these gay boys are doing this movie where I'm not involved. And it's like, bitch, go do your own thing. Go do your own thing. Like, let the gaysian, like, this is the first time there's Gaysian, been a major, love it. Yeah, there's, this is the first time there's been a major Gaysian movie that's getting, like, major press with, like, famous stars and, like, it's being pushed by Hulu big time. And, like, fucking, A fucking men. Like, when has, when have Gaysian men have a, had a moment before? Never. So let us all, like, let everybody have their own fucking thing. Like, the world is now big enough and varied enough. Like, there's so many different ways that you can get um, media now, like, between Hulu and, you know, YouTube. I mean, like, you could just, like, spend your whole life watching random YouTube videos about, like, how to load a bazooka. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you can just... Or how to get you. cum gutters. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> how to... I'm How trying. to get your man to get cum gutters or whatever. Like you could go down the weirdest little niche thing. And that's, I think the beauty of YouTube and why YouTube is so popular is that you can have like the weirdest little fetish and just go down ASMR videos. Like who knew that yeah. was such a huge thing, you know? And like, there's still people to this day who have no idea what ASMR is. They've never heard of it. You go, you look on one of the most popular ASMR um, channels on YouTube and those things have like 10 million views. 15 million views, 20 million views, because there's a niche of the population that's really into ASMR videos. So, like, let us all have our thing. Like, not everything has to be everything. Not everything has to be everyone's fight. You know, like, yeah. you can have a Gaijin movie with cute Gaijin boys and that women don't have to be a part of. It makes me feel good that, you know, somebody that, you know, has been in the industry that, you know, like, listen, were you cast for this role? No, but you still appreciate it. You know what I mean? To that, that, that it's, it's, it's great. It's part of our community and it's a good feeling to have. So thank you, Helen. Just kind Absolutely. Of makes me feel better. Makes me feel better. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I just feel like, yeah, I just feel like the world is big enough that like everybody can yeah. have their own thing and you can't, it's, it's impossible to carry everybody's flag on every project. Yeah. There's a little bit of me that was like, I read it and I was like, she's absolutely right. And I almost felt bad about liking and watching the movie. But then I was like, no, this is our time. And it, yeah. it's good to have an affirmation from you. So thank you so yeah, much for that. that absolutely. Made me feel good. Yeah. I, I want to know what it was like growing up on Staten Island and then going to uh, Massachusetts, ver Massachusetts version of Staten Island being North Andover. <laughs> wow, you guys did your research. <laughs> yeah. Um, Staten Island is... Uh, really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pete Davidson. <laughs> I mean, Pete, Pete Davidson, Davidson says so all the Go time. Ahead. He says so all the time, doesn't he? He's like, yeah, it's a shithole. Um, I don't know anyone who is there. Anyone who defends Staten Island? There must be. Right, Nikki Paris. Nikki Paris, the only one that defends it. Wu Tang Clan defends Staten Island. 
which is crazy to me because I know that they Wu Tang got called the N word more on Staten Island <laughs> than anywhere, like in a racial way, in a racist way than anywhere else in the world. I guarantee it. That's the craziest thing is like Staten Island is more racist than the Deep South, which yeah. a lot of people don't don't realize. But you know, like I was called a chink every single day in middle school when I lived in Staten Island. And anyone who is familiar with Staten Island knows that that is not, I'm not exaggerating, sure. you know, because that's the nature of Staten Island. Um, uh, yeah, it wasn't fun. Right. <laughs> it made me probably a, like a tough ass bitch. Sure. Um, but it is interesting going from Staten Island, one racist place, to Massachusetts, the other racist place. And exactly. North, and, North Andover. I mean, if I don't, I, I have, I'm familiar. So, like, why know, are you familiar, Greg? Why? Because he goes to the rallies over there. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Greg. Just admit it. I have a lot of hoods. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> because I went to college in Boston, and I have a lot of friends who can, who are out from that 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 part of Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and still to this day, I have a few like very good friends that are out that way, and. I just know North Andover and, and that whole region of Mass. Um, and so, you know, I mean, Mass gets a bad rap for being a, a, a kind of a, the the set, the North version of the South, but yeah, kind there of we go. Yeah. Start, the, start, start it. Go on. Start defending Boston. <laughs> no. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not a Boston defender at all. I, I think it's, it is what it is. You know, they, they deserve, I guess the reputation that they have. Um, and if you watched, if you watched that recent show on HBO max that chronicles the lace, the Lakers, have you, have you seen that show no. called, oh my god it's great it's called winning time it is yeah. fantastic and, i've heard yeah and it it's i mean it's about the lakers but of course it's a time period with the boston celtics rivalry and you know the the racist stuff in that is oh just, so racist it's crazy yeah. so yeah. i'm just curious because like you know you go from one place that's one thing to a kind of a similar place yeah apparently my parents had a knack for finding the most racist places in the country and moving there <laughs> <laughs> and moving us there thanks mom and dad yeah um it's crazy because i we moved around a lot like i'm kind of an army brat in that way even though my parents were not in the military but we moved around a lot because my parents were trying to start businesses and then not doing so great and then moving to a new place and starting a new business and stuff so it was obviously financially uh, motivated that my parents bounced around a lot but you know it wasn't fun because like i spent my early childhood in brooklyn and like in Flatbush, I, I went to uh, Catholic school in Flatbush. And at the time, it was like a very black neighborhood. Sure. But f- for some reason, I didn't experience racism there. Like, I don't know what it was about that. But like, I went to a Catholic school in Flatbush that was probably 70% black, you know, mostly Caribbean, like, you know, Jamaican, right. um, uh, Jamaican, Haitian, like Caribbean. And I never experienced racism. I felt completely accepted there, even though I was one of the only Asian people at my school, um, predominantly black. Like I said, like my fir- my best friend when I was in third grade was black. The first boy that asked me out <laughs> was black. Jamal, Jamal McDowell. Hi. What up, Jamal? How are you? <laughs> Jamal, hit me up. Where are you, Jamal? Actually, actually, up. Greg, can we bring Jamal out now, please? <laughs> 
Jamal look at the cum gutters on, Look at the cum gutters on Jamal. Jamal, how are you doing? Hello. A lot of time in the gym or jail. Um. <laughs> so, like, I just, I just felt like I had an idyllic childhood until we moved to Staten, Staten Island. Island, and then Staten Island like ruined it for me. Like middle school in Staten Island was horrible. It was horribly racist. And, um, yeah, like I said, I got called a chink like every day, which was traumatic, obviously. And then after that, my parents moved like in the middle of high school, we moved to North Andover, which is this shitty little town in Massachusetts. Um, and it's racist in a different way, uh, because it's more like underhanded. It's, it's so crazy because Massachusetts has such a reputation for like being this like progressive liberal place. But at the same time, like Boston is one of the most racist cities. Yeah. Like Chris Rock called it the, like the Birmingham of the, of the North yeah. called Boston, the Birmingham of the North. Um, so, and I definitely experienced racism there for sure. But I don't know. Like, I think that's, I think all of that, the moving around definitely is what caused me to be a stand-up comic. Cause like I had to be funny to make friends, yeah, you know, I was bouncing was around like, that's yeah, funny. yeah, right. yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Like people, like mentally healthy people don't become stand-up comics. <laughs> I'm just going to flat out say like emotionally, you know, in a good place, people don't become stand-up comics. Like I'm going to stand in front of a room of strangers and be desperate for your validation. <laughs> 200 strangers like please please love me in the way that my parents didn't or in the way that high school didn't didn't go well for me like obviously that's i think most stand-ups come from a place of like trauma and pain um but also i think you know if you get called a chink every day in middle school like you're tough as fuck like yeah. i am tough as fuck like you you know try to call me a chink today man you i'm coming for you and right. you are not going to hear the end of it so um yeah. was it fun at the time no but did it make me the hard-ass bitch that i am that doesn't take no shit yes yeah for sure it, it, it makes it, us better yeah. there's a new generation that is and and listen there is a progressiveness that's coming around but where i'm still seeing it is still in the doors of the gatekeepers of entertainment you know what i mean uh, you know, I have the uh, the proud distinction of being the only Asian booker right now in New York yeah. City, yeah, um, which is an amazing feeling that I can put different things on stage that you know that that relate to me. Um, but in your experiences, uh, Helen, is there? Do you see that there's more of a disdain or not, or, or uh, more of a non-booking because you're Asian or because you're a comedian? Because I always see it in two different ways. If you didn't go to Growlings, you're not going to get it. And you're, if you're a stand-up comedian, you're less than. But if you're an Asian, it's like a double whammy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're a comedian and you're an Asian. Nobody wants to book you. Are you yeah. that still? Um, no, because I don't. Like, I'm at the point in my career where I just don't go where I'm not wanted and where I'm not invited. And I'm very, very fortunate in that I'm in a point in my career where I can, like, I don't have to care about that stuff. Like, if you're not inviting me and you don't embrace me and you don't want me, fuck it. Like, I have enough shit going on, you know, where I am, I am wanted and I am making a great living going to places where I want, you know, like where I'm, my acting career has taken off. You know, I'm in commercials. Like you said, this animal commercial is a huge campaign that's been airing all, you know, all year pretty much. Cha-ching! Hello! Cha-ching! <laughs> Mama's getting that commercial money. What's up? 
but also like do you hear that (laughs) hold on hold on do you guys hear that in the distance, I hear I hear a lot of, of, of nursing homes and a lot of, oh, wait, there's a couple of airport terminals and doctor's waiting rooms that I hear Helen's voice in. I want to know if I can get a discount on my insurance. <laughs> That's like the great irony is that you could be the face of these ads, but they don't give you shit for free. Yeah, like, ridiculous. like I don't get I don't get Geico for free, even though I'm in a Geico, like I'm in a major Geico ad. I was um, like, I don't even have insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Step it up, Geico. Come on. Yeah, you know what's bullshit? You're gonna go to some gifting suite for some award show, and there's gonna be like Geico coupons in there for like three years of of car insurance for fucking. <laughs> I know, it's or something. so true, it's so true, and I'm like, I'm literally the face of Geico right now. Did you Can not I please? know that I molested animal? God damn it, I need a discount. <laughs> I grab animal's crotch in the name of Geico, hello. <laughs> anyway. Bring that Geico over, too. <laughs> so, There's something about that British accent sometimes, I'm like, I oh my god, Right? isn't that funny, like... I remember the, I think I remember the first time I saw that commercial being like, am I tripping right now? Like, am I getting punked? Like, is this a talking gecko trying to sell me insurance? Like, remember at the beginning, it was like, what the fuck is happening? But then it just becomes like that Aflac goose. Aflac. Like, it's like, it's so surreal and it's so weird. And the first time you see it, you're like, what is going on? Like, am I high? Did somebody just like slip me an, did somebody slip me an edible? Like, what happened? That happened but then to now me. it's like they keep doing it and keep doing it, and now you're like, yeah, the Aflac duck, <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. cool. Or and Geico everybody knows what you're saying, yeah. 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 That happened to me like, at, a, at a Fox um, kind of upfronts for their next year's movie slate that I went to a few years ago, where uh-huh. you know they're going through their films and they're talking about Avatar, and then they start showing like early animation of this movie that s- starred Will Smith. And it was about a pigeon that was like an FBI agent, right? <laughs> and then at some point, Will Smith drank some potion and he turned into the pigeon, right? And he's now a pigeon FBI agent. And I said, What? I, yeah, I turned to my friend and I'm like, and we're in a room of like a thousand people and I'm like, are we on drugs? Did something happen to us? Is, are, are we being punked? Is this for real? Is this a real thing? And yes. it turned out to be the movie called Spies in Disguise, right? Oh my God. Which, which I watched a, it. Which is a real it. movie based on a book series called Pigeon Impossible. What? No. So, yes, I'm not kidding. And it's a so everybody movie. was high. Everybody involved in the making of this I, was high. I swear, I walked out of that thing and I went to one of the VPs I know, and I'm like, I I pray to God you guys have on videotape somewhere the fucking guy that walked in and pitched this to a development executive and said with a straight face, Will Smith is going to turn into a pigeon and save the world. <laughs> All I know is that I watched that movie because that hottie with cum gutters, Tom Holland, is in it as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it is funny how weird movies from the 80s were definitely done in a back room with a pile of cocaine. And movies in the 2020s are just people that are fucking high on edibles. It's like people snorting drugs and be like, yeah, so we get it. He goes back in time and he tries to fuck his mom. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, 
No, Will Smith's a fucking pigeon, bro. When he fucking <laughs> saves the world, this is going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> All right, John, I think we got to bring this one home on uh, some food notes. Oh, God. Uh, Ellen, are you a food? Do you like food? Are you kidding me? Who doesn't like food? Just like, John, 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 do you like music? Are you a music guy? Do you enjoy music? I was jamming out to fucking early 2000s uh, uh, pop punk this morning. Oh, yeah? Um, Pen- on, Pennywise? On the traffic. Who? Yeah. Uh, no, I Mil- actually... Millen Collins? No, I mean, Millen... Something Corporate, which uh, is a Southern California-based yeah. band. Uh, turned into Jack's mannequin, into the wilderness. Oh, oh I like, shit! I like, you're I like, super cool. Yeah, like, you're super cool because I haven't. I don't know any of those bands you just dropped. I'm like, what? <laughs> Who to what? Um, but Helen, uh, food. All right. Yes. So it's a big part of my culture. It's a big part of Asian culture in general. Yeah, but what the one thing that you know, besides Greg being white and having some decent cum gutters, the way that we kind of came together was because of food. And we always ask our guests as a final question, what the best thing you ate this week was? Okay, this is going to be weird, really weird. But um, if you watch my special, you know that I am taking care of a baby that uh, did not exit my vagina. I didn't I'm, I'm raising a baby that did not come from my body and if you watch the special you'll you'll find out why I'm raising like I'm a mommy without being a mommy it, it, it's a thing it's anyway so I'm raising a baby so I am making food for the baby like I am the least domestic slash maternal person but somehow I find myself at three o'clock in the fucking morning making sweet potato croquettes for <laughs> For a twelve-month-old, and I'm like, what the f- like, what the fuck happened to my like t- Tinder vodka days? Like, what happened? Why am I making sweet potato croquettes for a baby at three o'clock in the morning? Anyway, I'm following this YouTube recipe because I don't know shit about cooking, and I'm like following like toddler recipes for baby-led weaning on YouTube. And they're like sweet potato and lentil croquettes. And I'm like, whatever the fuck. I made these things and I tasted one. And I was like, I am Betty motherfucking Crocker <laughs> up in this bitch. I am, I am a fucking like domestic motherfucking goddess up in this bitch right here. I'm like, these are the fucking shit. These are the most delicious sweet potato and lentil croquettes. What even is a sweet potato and lentil croquette? I didn't know until 20 minutes ago, but guess what? They're the fucking shit. (laughs) They were goddamn delicious. What time in the morning? Did you cook this during the day or is it late at night? It was literally three o'clock in the morning. Oh my God. Because I like, I like to stay up hella late. I keep comics hours, even though I'm like not even really doing stand up a lot lately. But I, I've been, you know, I've been doing stand up for 17 years. So I keep comics hours and I'm just up late. And these days I'm up late just to avoid being awake when everybody else is awake. Like there's a baby. My sister lives here. Like everybody just go the fuck to sleep so I can have some alone time. (laughs) And they do. They go to sleep at normal hours. And then I'm just up like, yeah, I'm in the house alone. Woo! But I can't be out because there's a baby sleeping. And I'm like rocking out with headphones, making sweet potato and lentil croquettes at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, you're a good person. So wait, how, how how many did you 
eat and how many did you or were they were they all for you or were they for the baby i made 12 there was a muffin tin that had 12 so i made 12 in in the muffin tin and then i ate like i was supposed to they were all supposed to yeah i ate 11 okay Fuck that baby. Yeah. These things were delicious. <laughs> Fuck that baby. Fuck that baby. <laughs> Make your own shit. This is yeah. goddamn delicious. You gotta, you gotta learn. All right, all right. So outdoors. Helen, all right. So that you made that. Now, when you come to New York, all right, where's the place that you gotta go and eat? It used to be Katz's Deli Pastrami because, okay. but since I haven't eaten red meat now in like eight or nine years i haven't had red meat and even after i stopped eating red meat i was like even though i stopped eating red meat on principle when i go to new york i'm gonna get a katz's deli pastrami because that's like my deathbed that's my that's my deathbed's food but the last time i did it i like felt sick because i was like oh I did you eating red- yeah so now take you. now it's john's pizza oh, okay okay john's pizza john's pizza. solid place all right, so if you're back in New York, I'm going to, and if you want, and if you're feeling froggy, maybe you take an edible and you want a good pastrami. Mm-hmm. Katz's is, is an original, but pastrami queen, I mean. I don't even this, know pastrami queen. What are you oh, talking this about? Is, oh, this, so this is, this is an old Lower East Side tradition. I mean, it was Bourdain's favorite place. He liked Katz's, but he loved pastrami queen. How, and I, there's how, how have I never even heard of Pastrami Queen? That's crazy. Yeah. I can take you there. And obviously, um, if you like Chinese cuisine, I can also, and I've been dying to take Greg here too, Hopki on Mott Street yes. is the best. I have been to Hopki. It okay. is fucking awesome. It's delicious. Yes. Um, I think it's better than Wohop. Wohop just has better marketing and t-shirts. That's all it yes. is. But Hopkey is my favorite. My parents have been have, going there since the seventies. Hey, until Hopkey, and it is the shit. Until yeah, you pass right. out, John. Until you pass out in a plate of um, oysters and I mean clams and black bean sauce, mm. then we then we'll talk about Wohop. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, my thing is uh, snails and black bean sauce. Oh, is, that's good too. Oh, that's good you too. know what? My dick is out. <laughs> <laughs> My dick is out. I'm just, I'm jerking, I'm jerking it under, uh, under the, right underneath the Zoom camera that you're seeing right now. I'm jerking it. Yeah, your OnlyFans camera is down below. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. That would be, that's the next generation of podcasting and Patreons is the under table camera. (laughs) (laughs) Helen, thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk talk with us. Uh, Go see the special. Where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, my special is called Well Hong. You can find it right now on Prime, on Apple TV Plus, and YouTube. And then you can follow me on social at Funny Helen Hong because some other bitch named Helen Hong has my shit. So I'm the yeah, funny. Yeah, it's probably Helen, s- funny it's Helen probably Hong. some like uh, it's probably some like it's a real know, estate agent from Boca like Raton. NYU or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, if she was white, maybe. No, 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 no. This is like some doctor. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's an ophthalmologist. Yes, she's an ophthalmologist. <laughs> exactly. Helen Hong on the podcast today, guys. Thank, Thank you so you. much for joining us. We'll see you again next time. Greg, so much. I love you Thanks. to death. And- Thanks, Helen. Really, it's awesome. Come gutters. Everybody, come gutters. Everybody, come gutters. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working on mine today. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank, Thank you. Bye. Bye.